Hi, my name is Simon Nixon and I'm the pastor at Norelling Community Congregational Church. And we're so happy to have you join us at our church's live stream this morning. If you want more information about our church or what we're talking about, or if you'd like prayer for anything, feel free to contact us via our website or on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. I hope you enjoy the service. Well, hey guys, and uh, thanks for joining us again today uh, as we continue in our online series for church uh, through the eyes of, and today we're going to be in Luke chapter 8 as we look at um, Jesus through the eyes of a, um, a desperate father and a sick woman. So before we read, why don't we take a moment to pray. Lord God, we just invite you to be here with us today. We invite your presence to be with us as we listen and as we watch and as we engage. Lord, that you'd speak to us, you'd encourage us, Lord, you'd fill us with hope and you'd challenge us in our thinking around you, that we might be drawn nearer to you and have a deeper understanding and a greater love for you and for each other. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8 from verse 40. This is what it says. It says, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. And then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman uh, was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. And she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately... Her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus says, somebody touched me, and I know that power has gone out from me. And then the woman, seeing that she she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. And she told why she touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. And then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And while Jesus was speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. And when he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but she is asleep. But they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. And the spirit returned at once. Her spirit returned at once, and she stood up. And then Jesus told her to give her something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. <clears throat> Well, these are, these are two stories, two people. They, they appear in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And this is the, the version that we're reading from, from Luke today. Two stories of Jesus doing great works of healing. But remember, our series is called Through the Eyes Of. And so what we want to do is take a look at this passage and look at Jesus through the eyes of the key players that are engaging with him. And so we're talking about specifically today, Jairus, the synagogue leader, who was the father of this girl that was dying, and also this woman who had been chronically ill now for 12 years, 
who hadn't been healed, who reached out to Jesus for healing. And, and there's something that ties both of these two people together. It's interesting that they're engaged in the same story um, that we read here. <clears throat> and that is that for each of them, they meet Jesus in this moment of absolute desperation. Jairus, of course, is, is desperate. They recognize that his daughter is about to die and and. and being a parent, I can't imagine the desperation that the Jairus, his wife, his family had in that moment, believing that his daughter was right about to die. And, and, and to imagine the desperation you'd have to, to come out of his house in that moment, to, to, to lose those last moments he, I guess he had with his daughter on the hope that he might be able to find Jesus and speak to Jesus and, in, and ask Jesus to come and that Jesus might heal. Um, and in the midst of his desperation, there's something that's going on, and that is that Jairus is showing incredible faith. His, his desperation in the situation right then led to faith that he has, that Jesus might be the one um, in that moment that might be able to to heal his daughter, to bring her back to life. Um, and then the second story we have is of this woman. She'd been sick. She, it says she had a, an issue of bleeding for 12 years. 12 years she'd been dealing with this one condition. But in society at the time, her condition meant not just that she was ill, but that she wasn't welcome in the community. See, that she had an issue of bleeding meant that she was actually ceremonially unclean, that she wasn't welcome in the community, that she would have been exiled and had to live outside of the city, outside of the people, that she wouldn't have been able to connect with her family or friends, that she actually would have just constantly been seen by people as someone that they weren't able to connect with or talk to or be with because she was unclean. So not only is she sick, but for 12 years she'd been left out of society. And you can imagine after 12 years there's a, a desperation that she'd seen anyone, everyone that could possibly help her and no one was was able. And so again, there was a desperation in this woman to do something. And, and for both Jairus and for this woman, they saw in Jesus something, and that is hope. See, they saw in Jesus hope that he might be the one that could change the situation that they were in, that, that could change the, the 12-year-old girl's situation, that could change this woman's situation, that Jesus was was hope. It's interesting, two different things happen. When Jairus comes and speaks to the, to the woman, uh, to, sorry, when Jairus comes to speak to Jesus, Jesus, what does he do? Well, he goes. Jairus's faith and his question caused Jesus to move, to, to go and, and meet with the daughter. On the other side of that, when the, the woman comes and touches Jesus' cloak, she causes Jesus to stop. And the reason I make this, this, I want to talk about these two things is that often when we read stuff like this, we can kind of read it in a way that we want to create a formula. If I do this and this and this, then Jesus will do this. If I say this in the right way and have this faith and, and meet Jesus in this place, then surely Jesus must do this. But 
there was two different responses that came out of Jesus. There was the response to go and the response to, to stop, but also to even draw more of this out, to, to say that this isn't a formulaic thing, that the, what the, 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 the scene that is described to us is that there were lots and lots of people, people had heard that Jesus was coming, they, they came to meet him, and it says with Jairus, as, as he was moving, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. That there were so many people that were there to reach out to Jesus, they were coming out. I don't know if you've ever almost been crushed by a crowd, but that means that the crowd must be surging towards something. They must be pushing towards. I remember I was at a concert once, and the crowd from behind us started surging towards the stage and you could feel the, the sense of being crushed from people coming towards something and people that were surging towards Jesus, they were reaching out to him, which makes these two stories even um, they stand out even more because there's so many people there. And again, if we're thinking about this as a formula, it could be really easy to go, well, Jesus healed these two people, so they must have been the only people in all of this crowd that had faith. But the truth is we don't know the stories of all of these other peoples. But one thing we do know, at the end of the Gospel of John, John, the writer, says this. He says, um, these are the stories that I've recorded, that we've recorded about Jesus. But if we were to try and record all of the stories... All of the things that Jesus did and all of the things that he said, well, I suppose that there wouldn't be enough books in all of the world to contain the stories of the things that Jesus did. And so we can't just sort of rule a line and say, well, Jesus just did something for these two people, because John wants us to understand that Jesus is doing so much more for that. But there's two stories that are specifically highlighted for us, and the thing that they come and have in common is this desperation that they have and, and and there's a sense in both of them for the woman who was sick she was pretty much hopeless for 12 years she'd been looking for someone to help her looking for someone to to fix her that she wouldn't have this issue of bleeding anymore looking for someone that could help her integrate back into the community to be with family and friends See, for now, it's, uh, I believe this week, 19 weeks since we've been able to meet together as a church. 19 weeks, it's a long time, and, and I wonder if you are craving that connection again. But imagine for 12 years. Imagine for 12 years not being able to touch another human, not being able to hug, to, to embrace to, to be with, to be near, to have that space of real human connection, but to be told that you are unclean and that you're not welcome, to be sent to the outside of, of society. This is the women, this woman's experience for the last 12 years. And you can sense the desperation in her thinking, if, if I could just touch his cloak. And that wouldn't have been an easy feat, considering the crowd that was all around Jesus, but somehow she managed to, to, to move her way through. I, I hate crowds. I, I, I'm a big guy. I know you've got big shoulders. You can see that. I don't move easily through crowds. My wife, Bethany, she, she moved through a crowd like nothing else. But this woman, she moved through the crowd until she could 
reach out and, and touch Jesus' cloak. And in that moment, in that moment, Jesus stopped. Jesus was going and he was going to do something important. A girl was dying, but this, this moment, this woman's faith stopped Jesus in his tracks. And he turned around and he, he made this incredibly insane comment, who touched me? When there were literally hundreds of people around reaching out, trying to grab hold of him, trying to touch him, he asked the question, who touched me? And, and when no one answered, um, the disciples, Peter, he goes, well, hold on a sec. Look around you, Jesus. Everyone was touching you. He says, I felt power going out of me. See, Jesus felt a faith transaction happen. Someone reached out to him with faith in a moment and he could understood the transaction of the kingdom of heaven, that the healing power of the Holy Spirit that was in living in Jesus in that moment reached out and healed the faithful woman who reached towards Jesus. It's a she she ultimately she accepted this invitation to come to Jesus, to reach out to him, to to, to meet with him, and, and, and she does that and she finds herself healed. And the words that Jesus said to her is that your faith, it's your faith that has healed you. See, Jesus didn't need to say anything and he didn't need to do anything. All that needed to happen was that this woman interacted with Jesus in a way of faith, faith so powerful, and, and that faith was driven, driven ultimately by this desperation that she had to be healed and to be whole within her community. See, for Jesus, this woman was already whole. She was already welcomed. She was already invited. She wasn't outside of his kingdom and his people. She was already welcome to be a part of it. But he knew that that doesn't ultimately help her in this moment right now when she's outside of society. And so he meets her physical need in that moment. She was never unwelcome. But she was healed and, and, and able to, wel- to be welcomed into the physical community that she was a part of in that, that moment. And it's a powerful thing, this restoration of the woman that allowed her again to engage with her family and her friends, the people she was close to, the community which she was around. She would have been able to, to reunite, to be part of it. And it's a faith, but I again want to draw, I want to draw this out to say, this is not a formula that if you do all of these things in the right way, then this will happen. I'm certainly not bold enough to declare that that's the way it is, but there's something in this woman, in the desperation and the faith that she had when she reached out to Jesus, she found herself healed. And again with Jairus. See, Jairus, not just he had this sense of helpless, of hopelessness, but that in this moment when the woman was healed, someone from Jairus's house came to Jesus and said, it's too late, your daughter is dead. And Jairus released Jesus. Well, she's dead and it's over. Jairus didn't just have a sense of hopelessness. All hope was gone in that moment. It was completely gone. But Jesus held Jairus to his initial approach. Come, if you come, my daughter will live. I have faith that you can heal my daughter. And for Jesus, he continued. He said, no, I will continue to come. He continues to come. And we see the story. That he enters in and he says, Ah, why are you all crying? Again, what's Jesus up to here? Why are you all crying? 
She's just sleeping and everyone laughs, but Jesus goes in and he asks her to stand and the girl stands up and she, she lives again. And again, this desperation, this faith that Jesus had. But there's something here as well in that these two people, this woman and Jairus, they came to Jesus in different ways. Jairus came and asked the question. The woman reached out and just touched the, the edge of the hem of his cloak. But they both came to Jesus. And a little bit later on, Jesus says this. He says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He makes the invitation, and even before Jesus makes this ultimate invitation to come to me, this man and woman, they came to Jesus. Their desperation and their faith brought them to him, but what they discovered in coming to Jesus is that he ultimately is a man of his word, that they found what they were looking for, and and what they were looking for in those instances was healing. But what Jesus actually promises is rest. To come and take his yoke, his, his kingdom yoke. It's easy and it's light. It's, it's not the, the yoke that we hold today, the burden that we hold today. It's, it, it is the burden of his kingdom, which is light. Because it comes, it's an ultimate gift from, from God, releasing us from our sin and our brokenness and ultimately even death. And so these two people, they come to Jesus, they They accept his invitation to come to him and discover that they can find what they're looking for, find what they need. Um, See, we're not very good at coming in times of need. We're not really good at reaching out for help when we we need it. Um, Whether it's because we don't trust people or whether it's because we don't think we've earned it or deserve it, or even if we don't think that we're going to receive it, maybe we've reached out for help before and we've been hurt. See, I think the key part of this is the these people, they reached out to Jesus in their greatest moments of need, in their hopelessness, or even in moments where all hope was gone, Jesus was still able to come and be a healing presence in those places, that they received what they were looking for. And it begs the question, how often are we able to come to Jesus and ask for his help? To say that I can't do this on my own. I don't have the ability. I don't have the energy. I don't have the knowledge or the strength or the skills or the money or whatever it is. But Jesus says, just what you have to do is come to me, see, Jesus has all of those things. He has all the things that we need. Often we don't even know what it is that we need, but to reach out to Jesus and to allow him to provide what it is that we need to come to him in in every moment, every time, every space and receive from him what he offers us and to trust that whatever it is that we receive is exactly what we needed in that moment. To be able to do that means we sometimes need to let go of our own expectations. But we can trust that Jesus is good and when he gives us something, when we truthfully, honestly, openly go to him and ask for help, that we'll receive the very thing we need. Maybe not in the moment like we're experiencing here. See, so many people reached out to Jesus 
in that moment. And I've got to believe that some of those people might not have received what they were looking for in that moment, but maybe it was a week, maybe it was a month or a year or 10 years or somewhere down the track. The fact that they reached out for Jesus, they would have received what it was that they needed to continue on, to come to Jesus. And when we come to him, we'll find, we'll discover what he offers us. So this morning, I encourage you, wherever you are, whatever situation you find yourself in, come to Jesus. Reach out to him. Reach out in faith. Maybe it's even in desperation to say, Jesus, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. No one else is able to do it. But God, I believe that you can. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to thank you so much. Lord, that we can... Come to you, Lord. You invite us. Come, all you who are weary and heavy laden. All you who have burdens. All you who are in need of something. Come to me. And in me you'll find rest for your soul. In me you'll find that I have something to replace your burden with. Lord, help us to let go of our expectation. Help us to let go of our pride. Help us to let go of our hurt and our past and And be able to reach out to you, Lord, to to come to you in faith and sometimes in desperation. Say, this is what I'm asking for. This is what I need, Lord. What what can you offer me as I come to you, Lord? So we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you in these moments. And I pray that as we do, we discover your love and your faithfulness towards us. We pray in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us this week at Church Online with Norellan Community Congregational Church. We pray that it's been a blessing to you and that this week you might make a difference in the heart of your community. Please reach out if you have any needs or you want us to pray for you. We'd love to do that and we hope to see you next week. Be blessed. I say